This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and I'm so glad to be back in this studio. Java, you're looking good, man. It's a sharp, sharp coat you got on there, too. Well, I mean, it's 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 my good coat, as they say. It's cold outside, man. They yeah. pull it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I understand that, that you and your sweetheart, Crystal, are headed down to a concert uh, you could you could take that. I'm assuming you're wearing that. Yeah, because it's going to be kind of cold, man. One of our uh, favorite artists uh, are, are performing, uh, timeless artists, Anita Baker, Babyface. Yeah. So we're getting out of parent mode for a little while. Yeah, Grandmama watching the kids and tell y'all to go. Yeah, she said, get on. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be back, man. It was really weird. You know, I was expecting... Wintertime when I got back, but that, that, you know, we've been talking for two months about this freeze that happened in, in December. And uh, let me tell you, it did a number on my yard. Yeah, I always like to hear what, from your perspective, from where you left it to what it looks like when you came in. Like, what, what's, your, well, what's you know, your overview? Well, you know, when I left, I had all sorts of flowers and lettuces and kales, and, and uh, my roses are blooming, just had, you know, just lush and green and all. And, and now I'm reminded that. Brown is a color, too. <laughs> Every hue and shade you can imagine. Uh, plants that I've never, ever, evergreen plants that grow in Tennessee have dropped all their leaves. Oh, wow. I, I've, I've never seen Nandina drop its leaves. That stuff grows in cemeteries. But uh, anyway, it wasn't too bad because, as you know, I, I, I practice what I preach. I, I try to find old-fashioned plants that tried and true and proven cemetery tough type plants and uh i lost a few things you know that i'm a miss had a uh, there's a plant called star jasmine star uh jasmine is a really big fast growing vine really super fragrant flowers in the springtime in mine the bark just busted wide open as dead as a doorknob and it was uh, the the queen of my front yard but you know, you cut it down, you start back over. That's what gardening is. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. It's gonna, it's, it'll come back. <laughs> yeah, gar- gardening is, uh, is is sort of like uh, you know a lot of people th- look at it like sports, you know, and spring is their Super Bowl. Okay, well, mine's a punt, pass, and kick contest every weekend out in the street. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a all the time. You know, you don't wait till the Super Bowl. You enjoy it while you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're glad to have you back, man. Thank I know you, it's a lot of a lot of hustle and bustle when I came in because I mean, Felder's back. Come on, now. <laughs> <laughs> like a bad gas wafting through. Luckily, uh, the plant we're going to be talking about, my uh, little little uh, learning segment, uh, uh, I brought in all different kinds of daffodils from my garden, and all of these have been growing since at least the nineteen thirties. Now these, ah. these these things, and this is an incredible variety of plants here, um, and we'll talk about those later. But uh, suffice to say, they smell good, which is good. Which is good. <laughs> yeah. Although uh, Jermaine and uh, Kamel next hour. When they come in for for their show, it's going to be smelly in here. Uh oh, we may need to air it out. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. You know, some people say paper white smell like cat urine. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what they think. <laughs> we'll open some doors. <laughs> anyway, it's it's a live program, and um, a couple of things uh, uh, announcements. Not this weekend, but next Saturday, I'm doing my annual home fruit seminar. When I say home fruit, uh, I'm talking about plants that look good in the yard. They're good yard plants. And they produce something you could eat if you want to. 
You know, that's a nice little benefit. They're pretty, they're tough, they're durable, they don't need a bunch of care, and you can munch off of them part of the year. So we're going to be talking about that. And it's at a garden center in Jackson called Hutto's. Uh, it's an old family. It's like a third-generation uh, 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 garden center. And uh, we usually have uh, quite a few folks there. It's going to be Saturday, February the 25th. So if you're anywhere near Jackson, um, uh, come on by. It's free, and it's all about picking out good plants that do well in the yard, and they produce something you can eat. And there's a lot of benefits for that. And there's some other things going on. Uh, I don't know of any plant sales going this week. Heck, it's uh, President's Weekend. Yeah, uh, President's Day President is Day. Monday. Yeah. Yep. And Mardi Gras. And, yeah, it's, it's it's all happening, man. It's so it's so much going on. I always say February is so jam-packed between Black History Month, um, Heart Health Month, Mardi Gras, um, uh, the Super Bowl, yeah. Valentine's Day. <laughs> yep. It's just always a lot. Yeah, and as far as gardeners are concerned, I want to remind folks, we are only one week past the middle of winter. <laughs> I'm saying that because I saw I went around the garden center Java uh, yesterday seeing who's got what, you know, what they're ready for, and, you know, the pansies in the so they're almost all gone now. So if you want to replant for the next couple of months, you need to get it because I got a month. I got so many plants yesterday that I had to put some on the dashboard around my hula girl in my truck. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, you know, I went out for just a, a flat of pansies and I had stuff on the floorboard, back in the back of it, and on all the seats and around the hula girl. So I'm, I'm getting ready. But um, anyway, there's uh, uh, we still have a, a, a over a month before our average last freeze well like always people get uh you know kind of antsy because just two days ago it was 70 degrees outside it's, it's, you know? gonna, it's gonna be 70 or maybe 80 next week no 70 something next week yeah so it, like, it's 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 always kind of confusing i would say well from from a garden's point of view i understand i understand from a horticulture's point of view i encourage you to not plant your tomatoes yet uh, this is the time to set out broccoli and cabbage. Uh, sow some seeds of lettuces. Maybe put some onions out there. You could grow these things in pots on your front porch or your patio. But it's a good time to plant what we call cool season vegetables, things that like cool weather. Plant them uh, after this freeze tonight. And then, you know, if you may need to protect them temporarily, you know, during a hard freeze, but they'll produce before it gets hot in the summer uh, and late spring. And you can plant your summer stuff in between them. So work your dirt up, plant some cool season stuff now and just leave a couple of inches between them. So in a month or so, you can stick some tomatoes and peppers in between them. That's the way to garden. Uh, Anyway, uh, got a, a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, but. I gotta get my. I I can't see that thing. I, you oh, you we, got this this thing. I see there's a call, but I've got it's across the. I got bifocals. Well, that's a peg. Yeah, during the break, out we'll get you a screen that's closer to you. <laughs> but that is Peg in uh, Mandeville, Louisiana. I'm back. Hey, Peg. Good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm so glad you're back. We thank you. you, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Had a fun time. What's going on? You, yeah. Have y'all had your parades yeah, no, all week? Um. I'm into gardening. Uh, yeah. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah stay, stay off the main street because Mandeville has some big parades. Yeah. So um, I had a large uh, tree that had to come down, and the equipment totally destroyed um, some, a, a bed or two. And it's now kind of really damp. It's, it's, I'm going to put some dirt in it, but yeah. I was wondering what would be good plants for a wet area. It's still going to get 
shade. Yeah. So not quite as much, but I need... Yeah, that, everything. yeah. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff. Matter of fact, there are there are entire and and, and I, I hate to say website because then you go on there and you read stuff written by people from from Connecticut. Uh, but there's yeah. there's some good southern sites, including Mississippi State's got some stuff at uh, its its website at MSU Cares. Cares stands for Coordinated Access to Research and Extended, something like that. MSUCares.com. and in the search box, just type uh, wetland plants. Or rain gardening, and that—that's really what you've got. A rain garden is an area that is low enough where it stays wet for for days after rain, but it dries out in summer. And there are tons of plants that do like that. Uh, you're not really that far from Crosby Arboretum. No, you know, so no. you know. Well, if you if you go to Crosby Arboretum, uh, and you can walk around this boardwalk. It's a fascinating place, and look at some incredible plants growing in native plants. They're growing in your kind of conditions. Uh, palmetto palm, dwarf palmetto, uh, itea, the Virginia sweet spire, uh, Louisiana iris. These plants will do well, and they may not bloom as well in the shade, but they got good foliage, and they'll. And, 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 and what I'm saying, there's some good plants out there. And if you go to msucares.com and type in rain gardening, rain gardening, they got a list of some really good plants that grow in sometimes wet, sometimes dry, sometimes shady or sunny conditions. Well, I was going to ask you, what about bottle brush? Is that um – I don't know if that goes in well, wet area. No, it, it really does. This is a Mediterranean plant. Okay. It's a great plant, but Mediterranean plants uh, really thrive on, you know, 20 inches of rain a year. And, you know, they really like more dry, milder climates. Uh, and they, they'll mm-hmm. grow fine on the coast, but not in a wet area. All right. Well, my um, my master gardener local people are going to come through and losing this tree too bad they didn't come last year. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What do you have? You already had the the uh, the logs and stuff hauled off. Yeah. Oh, too bad yeah. because you could have started a stumpery. Have yeah, you ever but, uh, Have you ever heard of a stumpery? Um. You I know I do things like that without calling it anything. Well, no, this, yeah. this 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 is a thing. I have a stumpery. Uh, you oh, go to any botanical, all botanic gardens have stumpery where you take really unusual logs or stumps. You know, one is fine, but but three or four, and you arrange them. Maybe stand a a fallen tree upside down with the roots up in there. In other words, create a scene like some people make a rock garden, and then you can grow all sorts of ferns and and all sorts of stuff around that. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah, the the idea, if you've got an area that's trees and flat, you need something in between. Most of us think of flowers, but hard features, a big piece of driftwood, a sculpture that, that really looks nice in the, you know, in the shade that glows, something to catch your eye, and then put plants around that. All right. Well, that, this is all good advice, and I'm going to definitely go to the MSU Cares and check that out. So I appreciate your help, Felder. Okay, and, and also swing by Crosby Arboretum because they've got great, great oh, yeah. plants. Great plants. Yeah. I, All right. I haven't been in a while. I need to go. Thanks. You bet, Peg. Bye. Ooh, bye-bye. Uh, we're going to be talking about... Uh, um, a, a special group of plants, and uh, we'll be glad to talk with you about what's going on in, in your garden or not. Uh, would like to, to remind folks, last week we had this thing called uh, uh, Lalo, Pizia, Lalo Chizia. When you hurt yourself or you're frustrated or you're excited and you say something rude. Fiddlesticks. A fiddlestick, <laughs> that's right. Well, I said, what are some garden words that aren't really cuss words and they're garden related. Somebody said poppycock. 
I'm thinking, okay, I can't say that on the radio. You can say Gardenia. Gardenia. <laughs> You've been practicing Java. <laughs> all righty, all righty. Yeah, let, let the good times roll. Here we go. Hey, y'all. Happy Mardi Gras weekend and President Day coming up. Lots of stuff going on right now. You know, last week I talked about, you know, gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Don't wait till spring. Don't wait for the Super Bowl. Enjoy what you've got right now. If you don't have anything right now, it's your fault because there's lots of stuff out there. If you ride around town, older parts of town, country gardens, you'll see all sorts of stuff in bloom. And I wanted to share something. Uh, uh, just just take a, a a few minutes, but give us a call. We're going to take your phone calls and talk about about your garden. Uh, but one of the the my favorite plants of all is the the Latin name is Narcissus. Narcissus, and there's a reason for that. You know, it's a, a Greek god and all that. Uh, but the most common folk name in English is daffodil. Everybody knows about daffodils. Some people say, well, narcissus are white, daffodils are yellow. No, they're all narcissus, and they're all daffodils. But they're different kinds, and there's some dramatic differences. Um, and, you know, for example, the ones that are blooming right now with the lots of flower, lots of white flowers, big clusters of flowers at the top of the stems, and these flowers about the size of my toenail, uh, but they smell so wonderful. To some people, some people think they smell like cat pee. I'm just not sure. But these are called paper whites. Paper whites come up early, sometimes as early as Christmas, uh, but they're, they bloom in the wintertime. They're very fragrant. They're durable. They'll come back literally for decades and bloom every year. And this is one of them has got, instead of the regular daffodil flowers with the petals in the cup, they've got double flowers. And this one is called early cheer. Early cheer is really, really fragrant. It's a double. The reason I wanted to mention this, because there's another daffodil out there. There's jonquils. They got the little skinny leaves shaped like quills. There's large cups. There's all different kinds. Uh, jonquils are really fragrant also. And you can tell them from other daffodils because their leaves have got little skinny, look like quills. That's where the name comes from. Anyway, there's one called Double. And Java, I don't know if you can see this from here, but it is an, what they call an engaging monstrosity. It is kind of kind of big and kind of odd, an, an oddity. Yeah, it, okay. it, 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 it's messed up. <laughs> All the petals, lots of petals, uh, lots, and, and some are, are yellow, some are white, some are green. They're all mixed up. Um, some people call them butter and eggs or scrambled eggs because now, it looks like that. Now that's a folk name. Yeah. Well, I wanted I wanted to share uh, something. I, I don't have her permission, so I'm not going to give her name. Uh, but a woman wrote on the Mississippi Gardening. Uh, uh, a Facebook page, a little short thing I thought I'd share. She said, uh, I thought I'd, she had a picture of this double daffodil. See, I thought I'd bring this delicate beauty inside to enjoy before the rain comes. Years ago, I dug up lots of these heirloom butter and eggs, Narcissus, from my great-grandparents' place in Gum Branch, Mississippi. Java, did you know there's a Gum Branch, Mississippi? No, sir. <laughs> well, it ain't, that, ain't, that ain't even the weirdest name out there. Anyway, Gum Branch. She said, a place that will always be near and dear to my heart. When I was young, I spent a couple of weeks every summer with my great-grandmother, following her across the field and down to the spring to fill the drinking bucket up with the coldest, best-tasting water ever, helping her feed her chickens, watching her sweep her neat and tidy front yard, no grass, making mud pies with my cousins that live nearby, picking apples to dry and put up, working in the garden, shelling beans, going to the ford to swim on a hot afternoon, and get this, the excitement of waiting for the rolling store to come. We didn't have store. People would come by on wagons selling stuff. 
a rolling store so I could spend whatever she gave me for candy. Every spring, these daffodils bring back all those sweet memories and more. Now, that was sweet. That yeah. was sweet. It, it really resonated with me, Java, because uh, w- w- when I was young, I also worked with my great-grandmother in her garden. She grew all of these daffodils. All of these came from her yard. She planted them in the 1930s, and they're still blooming in my garden after that hard freeze. And in spite of this cold we'll get tonight, they're still doing great. They're incredible. Um I mean, she had pecans and peaches and plums. We didn't swim in the bio because they had loggerhead turtles. Uh, but anyway, just want to say that uh, just like this woman and I, when we smell these things that conjure sweet memories, that's what we should do with our children and our neighbors, to put things out there for them to remember. The, the rolling store has gone, by the way. It used to be peddlers' job would go from town to town, and they had uh, all sorts of stuff, including plants. We didn't have garden centers till the 1940s, 50s or so. Uh, but they, they would go around peddling. They would have boxes, a little trays of plants growing in dirt, and they would slice them like a piece of cake with dirt, and they'd sell them. And they'd be rolled up in paper and, and cardboard boxes and metal cans. But they had plant peddlers who went from town to town. Now, that's a that's something. That's, I've only seen that in the movies. Yeah. Well, I have a hyacinth here. I've got a few other things, and I'll post a picture for our podcast. But uh, it is possible to have an incredible bouquet of yellow and white and purple and spots and greens and, and uh, all sorts of colors and fragrance right here in the middle of the winter in the south. And their name is Narcissus. So anyway, let's slide down to Louisiana and talk with Dina. Dina, how you doing? I'm okay, and yourself? Thank you. So far, so good. Great. What's up? Are you related to Melvin Rushing? Well, my great-great-great-grandfather had 15 brothers. Who ain't I related to? Oh my goodness! Yeah, okay. no, the, no, the the Rushings and the Felders moved to what's now South Mississippi, North Louisiana, uh, back in the uh, uh, back in the early eighteen hundreds, before they were even states. So we we a lot of <laughs> Rushings, a lot of Felders, like like gotcha. like fire ants running around. So what? what oh my what's goodness! A, what you got going on? When is when is the best time to grow an apple tree? Oh, uh, you you could. This is a good time to plant them. You know, you can plant them while they're dormant. Anytime you can dig a hole, you can plant a uh, a tree or shrub that's growing in a in a container. Uh, but winter was really really best uh, if you can get them. I gotta throw this out, Dina. Mm-hmm. You didn't ask this, but most apples won't produce near the coast. There's certain um. kind. Yeah, they no no. It's okay. They tell time by how many hours of chilling they get. It's above freezing, but below forty five refrigerator temperature. Fruit trees tell time by the number of chilling hours, and you're going to need to find some that only need 350, 400 chilling hours. A lot of them need a thousand or more, and there are some really good ones that grow on the coast that only need three, four hundred chilling hours. Uh, there's one called. Uh, I think Anna. Anyway, there's some good ones, but you need to buy them according to chilling hours if they'll grow on the coast. Okay. Just, okay in, great. You know, it's like cherry. Cherries won't. You can grow cherries in Louisiana, but they need a thousand hours of chilling to 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 bloom to, I to make fruit. Cherries, and I don't make cherries. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, as long as you choose low chill varieties, you Google it or go to MSU Cares. I know you in Louisiana. LSU probably has this also, but uh, look for low chill apples, and you'll come up with all sorts okay. of good ones. Cool. Thank you. All right. Appreciate your call. 
Okay, bye-bye. Oh, that kind of a little segue into the fact I'm doing a home fruit seminar, not this weekend, but Saturday the 25th. And I'm going to talk about the types of fruit that grow in our part of the country. Not all types do. And of the different types that grow, what are the best varieties? Varieties that do on the coast are not the same as the varieties that do up north because of chilling hours. Plain and simple. And you got to know that. And also when you talk about planting and pruning and all that kind of stuff, it's a free seminar. Hutto's starts at 9 o'clock on Saturday the 25th. And if you want some more information about that, uh, go to my, my blog, felderrushing.blog, and click the little thing that says email me. Now, Felder, yeah. uh, you went to the, you know, you just came back in town and things. Uh, you went to the plant shops to pick up a few things. Did mm-hmm. anything uh, surprise you at the plant shops? You yeah, know? yeah, I've been telling everybody, you know, it's still time to plant pansies and, and, and snapdragons and all like that. They're, they're gone. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's still a few out there, but they're not the little six-pack trays you used to get. Uh, but uh, the garden centers are already starting to get geared up. You know, they've got a lot of broccoli and cabbage and, and uh, you know, lettuce seeds and stuff like that. Uh, but they're also starting to stock up on their their shrubs and trees for the summertime. You know, so uh, the garden centers are starting to gear up for spring. I've even seen some that have got tomato plants for sale. My suggestion is keep it in the pot for another month. But, yeah, because you don't want to get disappointed. No, no, Don't put it right. in the ground and, and hurt your feelings. Yeah. They, uh, garden centers also have, and this is a little caveat here, um, Garden centers also sell stuff you can spray for weeds. Well, one of the things I've noticed, we've had a lot of damage to landscapes. I've did a lot of pruning and hauling to my brush pile and my compost pile uh, this past week. Uh, but I noticed my neighbor's lawns, because I don't have a lawn. You know, I'm a lawn expert. I don't want one. Thank you, but no. Too no, much maintenance. Well, yeah, and I'm gone. You know, I'm not yeah. going to pay somebody to mow grass. But, you know, but one of the things I've noticed, a lot of people are starting to see their dandelions and the, the, the hen bit and the, the, the little wild onions and garlic and the, the little yellow ranunculus. And I notice that they're covered with bees right now. Bees need something to eat, and they, don't, they ain't finding it in suburbia. They're finding it in the wildflowers in people's lawns. Uh, the reason I mention this because if you want to control weeds, the, 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 the things that, that really bother us in March and April, uh, the violets and the dandelions and all that kind of stuff, this is the month to spray them. You know, this is the time while they're small and easy to control. Every week you wait from now to spring, they get bigger, they go to more flower, herbicides work less. So if you want to control stickers and stuff like that, clover, this is the time. Soon as this weekend. However, I've seen some grass starting to green up already. There's azaleas blooming, there's Japanese magnolias blooming, there's a lot of stuff blooming a little early. And if the grass is greening up, it is sensitive to weed killers. So this is called, I'm going to use the word gently, this is chemotherapy. You want to be able to control the problem without killing the patient. So if you've got weeds and your grass is greening up and you want to spray, I would suggest spray gently a couple of times a week apart because that full dose can kick your grass. I'm just saying. So anyway, uh, uh, gosh, it smells so overwhelming in here with all these flowers. Flowers growing in the middle of the winter that have been growing in this part of the country for over a century with no care at all. You can do that, too, if you just look around. Look around, see what other folks got, and you get that for next year. You know, I wish that, you know, who who is the guy who does all the music parodies? Oh, 
Weird Al? Weird Al. I, I wish I could do that with gardening because, you know, we got daffodils. Ain't we got, you know, <laughs> ain't, 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 ain't we got bulbs? Felder, we can do anything if we put our minds to it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, one of the things I did do, we're about to go to the calls, but one of the things I did do is I, I arranged all of these these daffodils, the doubles, the jonquils, the the lint lily, the the which is one of the the most famous old daffodils, uh, the paper whites, the all these. I arranged them with a little MPB, the microphone in the background, so we can use that for our podcast picture. Sounds good to me. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to get it out of here pretty soon because uh, the next folks in here they're not gonna like the way this stuff smells. It's powerful. Anyway, let's go up to Oxford. Let's go to to uh, Lafayette County. Good morning, Jess. How you doing? Hey, good, Felda. How are you today? So far, so good. Having fun. All right. Well, listen, I have a question uh, about a problem we have uh, in our yard here. We have about an acre yard right in town, and uh, the top half is all shrubs and flowers, and we got we keep it groomed, and then the bottom half is wooded, and we yeah. like it. It's got birds and everything. Right. We really love it, except for the wisteria. Yeah. And so this time of year, we, we do our, our offensive, and we try to cut it back and take it off the trees and shrubs and privet and yeah uh, and then every 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 summer it grows back and we just try to it's kind of an ongoing battle yeah just uh what 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 do you recommend as ways to try to mitigate well there's there's you know if you stay on top of it if you cut it down in you know this time of year you know, while the poison ivy can't tell what's poison ivy, what's wisteria, uh, and then if you'll make a note to go back and pull it another time and maybe a third time in the summer, it's easier every time. But if you can, if you can get it up and then stay on top of it before it has a chance to get reestablished, you can peter it out. On the other hand, the most effective, safest, easiest way is to cut it all down on the ground. Let it sprout back out when it gets about knee high. When it's when it's got some good leaves on it, spray that with Roundup. Uh, a lot of people don't like me saying this because they're scared they're going to get cancer. It's on the same list as red meat. Don't eat red meat three times a day all your life. Anyway, Roundup is effective. It's absorbed into leaves, not not brown stuff or roots. So if you let this stuff come up, spray the new growth. It goes out. It kills it, roots and all. And it's not absorbed into the tree trunks or roots and other stuff like that. So I've done this on poison ivy. I've done it on wisteria. I've done it on wild grapes. Uh, I've done it on privet. I've done it on uh, – but but the key is cutting it down and then spray the new growth sometime in mid to late spring. It really, really works. And it is okay if you do this. Just If you have a burger every now and then, then it ain't going to give you colon cancer. Okay. So hitting it when it, when it comes up and, and it's, it's leafing out – after you cut it the first time. And then do you have to do it again no. when it comes out again? No, no. I mean, this kills it all. You know, you cut it down and then let it sprout out good. Let the new, you know, you know how it sprouts right back out. Let it sort of yeah. sprout out and catch its second wind. When it's sending energy from the new leaves down to the roots. You know, right at first is stuff coming up out of the roots. But if you'll, you know, let it get a little size on it, knee high or something like that, and it spread mid to late spring, it really works. Kills it, roots and all, and it's not going to hurt your trees. Well, we appreciate that. And we've gotten the recommendation. It's just that we have so much of it. I, I, I can't imagine spraying all of it. And well, so that you, know, do, do, you know, do it a bit at a time. It's just like like eating an elephant. Just take it a bite at a time. But uh, but, 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 but But this is the safest environmentally and most effective, cost-effective way to do it. really is. Okay. 
Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, and, and and don't get it all over you. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we appreciate, appreciate it. You bet. Thank you for your call. Thank you. Okay, folks, you want to give us? A, I know it's controversial. I know it's controversial. I, I get that, but you know, I'm just I'm, I'm a practical person, and I'll, I like a little salt on my egg. I know salt will kill me. But I put a little salt on my egg. There you go. Tabasco sauce. You don't have to put half a bottle out there. Just a few drops will do it. And uh, same thing with wood smoke. Wood smoke can really mess you up if you deal with it all the time professionally. But sitting around a campfire with a burger and some French fries, and come on. That's kind of like what the, um, it was an uproar a couple of weeks ago when they put out the study about the gas stoves. Yeah. You know, and and mostly um, they we talked about it on Fixing 101, but it's mainly for improperly um, ventilated, yeah. you know, yeah. gas stoves. And, and prolonged exposure will have some effects, but, I mean, you know, you don't need to get rid of your gas stoves. <laughs> well, you know, we tried that. One of, one of the most uh, one of the most poisonous uh, things on Earth uh, that's, that's done more damage to humans and families and all like that. We tried to ban it and realize you can't ban alcohol. But just a beer every now and then is not going to hurt you. Come on. You know, so anyway, uh, again, I hate to be controversial. I'm not controversial. I'm just a scientist. I'm, and I read all I can. And if there's anything new, I'll change my, uh, I'll change my approach. But right now, it's, it, it really does work. People don't want to use stuff all the time. I get it. Some people don't eat meat. Uh, you know, some people, you know, don't, you know, they, 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 they take the, the, the train. They don't want to drive, whatever. Just be careful. And we're talking about gardening, folks. There's plenty of things we can talk about if you want to give us a call. And uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to, to mention, let me see, I made me a note of something I wanted to talk about. Where is it? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I went back to my gym. I don't work out in a gym, but it's got a pool. And, and I, work, I walk all the time, but I walk to the pool. Have I told you about this before? No, but it was just funny to say, I, I went to the gym. I don't go to the gym. It has a pool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's it's you got to walk past all the real exercise to get to the pool. <laughs> anyway, I walked there. It's a mile. And it's a little stretch of, of road between downtown Fondra and the interstate. And the only two people, kinds of people who walk on that little stretch are, near the medical center are students with their scrub zone and homeless people. Going to the woods. They're coming from Fonda and they're going out to the woods. Well, I trudge there every other day and I look like this. You know, I'm a scraggly old guy. I got raggedy old long gray hair. I wear a funky cap and I don't have a backpack, but I carry my little uh, canvas man purse. It's got my, my swimming trunks and my, my, my shampoo and my shaving gear, you know, all, all that. Anyway, this woman came up and she said, Felder, I just want to say that that I saw you last year, I recognize who you were finally, but and I, I you know I, I know your family, but I had to admit to my Sunday school class that I'd been seeing this homeless guy in the pool. I'd seen him walking to the thing. I see him walking home. I see him in the pool. And she said, I think this old homeless guy has scammed the system and found a way to get into the pool. And she's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> who is who 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 let this unhoused person into the pool? That's right. How did they well, get no, I mean, you know, she, she you know, she she was actually she, she was, you know, she was being 
honest about it, you know. She wasn't, but yeah, she, she was, was saying, you know, this is kind of cool. You know, the guy's going to probably get a shower and, you know, stuff like that. But she, I look like a homeless guy. That's funny, fella. You, I don't know. This, you, I would say change your look, but then you wouldn't look like you. That's right. You know, I'm, and I'm okay with it. You know, it's just it is what it is. But anyway, somebody, I was at a, a program in Mobile one time, and some guy came up and says, you know. Listen to you on MPB. You don't look like I thought you looked, Felder. I said, every time I look in the mirror, I think the same thing. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening right up to the end of the hour. Uh, again, I'm going to be doing a program at Hutto's Garden Center in Jackson on the 25th. Saturday morning starts at 9, and I'm going to show how to prune fruit trees. Those of you who can't make it, let me give you one of the most important tips I can give you. If you plant a fruit tree in the ground— whether it's a fig or an apple or a pear, a Japanese persimmon, whatever it is, decide, do you want a fruit tree or do you want tree fruit? If you want fruit, you need to help the tree as best it can. And the number one way to do that, I'm not making this up. Every commercial grower on earth does it. The day they put their fruit tree in the ground, they cut it off at knee high, maybe three feet. They just cut it off. Because they know that'll make it branch out close to the ground, and those will be the permanent limbs for the rest of the tree's life. It can help it produce a year earlier, but cut the trees off no higher than three feet tall and let it take it from there. That's the way to do it, whether you want to or not. So decide, do you want tree fruit or a fruit tree? Anyway, let's talk about gardening. What's going on in your yard? What's not going on in your yard? Should you prune stuff? Should you... Cover your azaleas tonight. Well, we'll talk about that. Meanwhile, uh, let's slide back to Jackson and talk with a guy named Phil. Hey, Phil, good morning. Thanks for calling. Hey, Phil. Doing all right? So far, so good, man. What's up? <laughs> I just wish the weather would uh, uh, make its mind up. But uh, anyway, yeah, the so-called date palms, sago palms, are really fuckheads. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Is there any way you can tell that they're still alive after this freeze without waiting? Uh, no. Uh, and by the way, uh, I talked to Rick Griffin, landscape architect friend of mine, who has a client in Pensacola. He said they turn brown in Pensacola from this freeze. Uh, so there's no way to – you know, if you're in central Mississippi, they're probably going to do fine. But the, no, the only way to tell is wait and see if new growth comes out in the middle. I got you. I got you. Oh, well, I but, got you. But, uh, but I ain't – I, I suggested, somebody was asking about the Mississippi gardening on the Facebook page, and they said, well, what can we do? Should we just cut them off? I said, well, first of all, it's a pretty brown. It's a nice uh, medium tan brown. They're pretty. They're just not green. If you're going to cut them off anyway, why not have fun with them? So I spray painted mine cherry red. And it looks so good. I'm not making this up. Anyway, somebody on Facebook, Mississippi Gardening, they, they took it a step further. They sent a picture, and they spray painted their sago Mardi Gras colors. Mardi Gras colors. And, and of course, Please. we could have cut it off in a couple of three weeks anyway, but why not just, you know, have fun with it. The worst your neighbors can do is talk about you, and they're going to do that anyway. But spray, spray, yeah, yeah, if you could yeah. cut them off, you can spray paint them green. Nobody know. Then yeah. if the new growth comes <laughs> in. But, but you need to stick with John Deere green. I'm just saying. I hear you. I hear you. Um, can, can I ask you something else? Sure. All right. As far as pruning goes, all, all the uh, you know uh, brown stuff. Basically, can you prune just about everything and be okay? Pretty much. Uh, I wouldn't prune spring blooming shrubs, things like spirea. Uh, even azaleas, uh, you know, things that normally bloom in the spring, if they bloom before June, 
I'd wait till after they bloom. It's perfectly okay to prune them in the summertime. Let's just wait and see, because you might get a few flowers. Uh, but it won't hurt the plant to prune it now. It won't. I cut sure. some. I cut sure. some of mine way, way, way back, and um, you know, just to start them over again. All right. All right. Well, good deal, man. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Okay. Have fun, and, and don't forget. Sp- don't forget. Spray paint is our friend when, I, when, I, when, I, it, when it comes to I, sago I, palms. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna try and do that before Tuesday. See, man. Oh, do it. Do it today. You know the name. <laughs> you know, and and it rile people up. Come on, let's have some fun. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> okay. All right, well, bye bye. See you, Phil. Thank you. Uh, real quick tip, folks: if you're not sure about your plants, if you're not sure if they're dead or alive, scratch the bark. It should be bright green right under the bark. And if it is, the plant's fine. However, follow it further down, especially things like azaleas, uh, a few other plants. And if the bark has split down low, and there won't be any question about it. It's like, is that a frog or a snake? It ain't no question. The bark, if it's split, you'll be able to tell. It Then that whole plant may leaf out this spring, but it'll die this summer because it can't transport stuff above the split. So you can cut plants with split bark down below the split, and it's dramatic. But those plants will sprout out this spring and grow, grow faster than anything you have ever seen because the roots are still good. So check for green under the bark. Check for split bark. Those are the two main things to check for, see if your plants are alive or not. Anyway, let's slide down to Alabama, to Sims, Alabama. Hey, John, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing today? So far, so good. Last time I went through Sims, I went to that little town just south of y'all, and I got a speeding ticket. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, they were waiting on me. <laughs> yeah, they waited on me a couple times, too. <laughs> what you got going on? Uh, I've got a 50-year-old fig tree, and my kids want me to root them some, root them some fig trees off of it. That's yeah. the best way to do that. Well, yeah, keep it, keep in mind, figs have been rooted for thousands of years, so we know it's possible. What you want to do is not the stuff on the very end, but follow from the tip back to where it grew last spring, and that part of the fig will root. But you want to get the stuff that's about as big around as, as, as one of your fingers, about a foot or so long. And what I do is I take several cuttings, about, oh, eight, ten, 12 inches long, no bigger around than my than, than my uh, my fingers. I just stick them in some 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 pots or sometimes between flowers in a good flower bed. You can do that now or else you can wait till summer and do it, but either way they should root pretty easy. And you put them in the ground about what, four or five inches? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna grow roots at the bottom. You know, it doesn't have doesn't have to be, you know, real deep. But the main thing is uh the main thing is that what part of the fig do you root? And it's not the very tip end, but it's stuff between the tip end and where it started growing last year. Right. Do you need to cut the tip end of it off? You don't have to, um, you know, but, uh, you know, it, you don't have to. It doesn't matter one way or the other. If you cut the tip of it off, um, then a lot of times that will actually stimulate branches on what, on what roots. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I put them in. How many, how many weeks does it take them to root? Well, they're not going to root till spring, but they start hardening off. They start, you know, the, it's called cellular redifferentiation. But it takes a little while for the for, for the stem to say, hang on, what's going on here, and stop being stem cells and start growing into root cells. That takes, it, it won't be till spring. And by the way, get your kids to do this too. Have a contest. Okay, I'll do that. All right. Okay, thank you very much. You bet. Appreciate Have it. Have a good day. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank you. Okay, now I'm not sure which of these Calls to take next. That's Billy and Benton. Hey, Billy, what's going on? Oh, no, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. 
Okay. Oh, with Ely Agnes, like a good plant to buy for privacy. And where can I find a rubber tree to plant? Okay, well, you know, for, you know, a rubber tree's got to be kept in a pot. It won't grow outside. You know that, okay, right? Okay, I didn't know. No, no, ru- rubber tree is a pot of plant. I, I got a rubber tree named Big Jim I've had since 1974, okay, in a pot. Yeah. And I cut it back really, really hard every year. But anyway, rubber trees got to – you can get those in at florists or in, in, in uh, Home Depot and Lowe's, you know, they, but it's got it's a potted plant. But right. Ely Agnes is a good hit, uh, screen if you got the room for it. But, but Billy, you can hide a school bus behind three of these. So when you when you're planting them, think about they get that big, and if you don't give them room to grow, you're gonna be pruning the rest of your life, because they grow they're okay. they're scragglier than my hair. But put them you know where they can get some size on them, and they're gonna send out these long sprangly things. Well, leave those alone, cause next cause later on they branch out, and that's how it gets thick. So let that sprangly stuff be sprangly. Don't, uh, don't they produce some kind of fruit too? Yeah, it's a delicious little thing. They're uh, you know they're 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 about the size of a skinny pinto bean, and they produce in the wintertime. They're delicious, and it's a fragrant fall blooming plant. Great plant, but it gets big. Don't put it where you can't where, where you're gonna have to prune it. I got you. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You bet, Billy. Stay warm tonight. You too. Yeah. Okay. Now let's slide down to Mobile, Mikey. How are you doing? Hey. Hey, welcome back. Glad glad to hear you anytime from anywhere. But yeah, glad to have you back. Thank you. Um, Mississippi mud on your shoes again. Uh, yeah, I, and and in the shack too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where you can sweep it up, right? Yep. <laughs> um, uh, I okay. Yesterday it was near eighty degrees. Yep. Today it's it's going to be down to freezing tonight. Yep. It's Mobile <laughs> and it's February. It's and winter. I, it's supposed I'm to great. do this. It's supposed to get cold. It wasn't supposed to get warm. See, people say weather needs to settle down. That means it needs to stay cold in the winter. So watch what you ask for. Well, yeah, you just got to skate with it, right? Is yep. all I can figure. Elbows um, out, and, knees uh, bent. Uh, fortunately. <laughs> I am so blessed. I've got two neighbors uh, in, that, I, that I've acquired. <laughs> I, I, I claim them as my own. Yep. Uh, in the last uh, couple of decades, uh, that were not gardeners <laughs> when they came here, but I told them it's you know you catch it. I'm sorry, you know it's like okay. but you caught it from you, me. <laughs> you, you know we're starting to run out of time here. So okay. Um, any anyway, um, uh, because eighty degrees. Freezing, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I've got what? What? What do you do uh, for things like amaryllis? Um, uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing anything. I have amaryllis. I got all this stuff. I, I don't do anything. They can take this cold. What they couldn't take was that sudden hard freeze earlier than normal back back in December. That hard freeze Three was days, a, yeah. yeah. But see, that was a normal winter temperature, but it came early before plants had time to slow down and toughen up for winter. But uh you know if the all these plants, you know, these plants have been growing out there for a long time. They could take normal winter temperatures. The stuff that's been out there for a long time tonight ain't squat. Well, it's going back to 80 degrees again by Mardi Gras day, they yeah, say, yeah, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I I understand. I, you know, I, I've been doing this a long time, and it's okay. 
You know, if you have You're something as old as I am, Felder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I was on our aircraft carrier during Vietnam. That'll give you an idea what how old I am. I know the kitty hawk. But, but but in anyway, uh, if this is normal temperatures tonight. Uh, 70s, 60s, and 70s, that's normal for the south, for the coastal south. Uh, but going from 80 down to 28, you know, that's tough. But the idea is to choose plants that like that kind of, and they're all around us. These, you know, there's plenty of plants that'll take it. And if it can't take it, cover it up. If you don't want to cover it up, pull it up, stick something else in the hole. That's now, gardening. Now, Felder, Mikey, we appreciate you for calling. We're running up on time. And Mobile, uh, how apropos, that's where, like, Mardi Gras kicked off yeah. way back in way back in the 1800s. But um, as we get ready for these freezing temperatures, uh, you mentioned, should we cover our plants? Should we not cover no. our plants? What are we going to do? No. The, 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 what, because we had plenty of rain, most of the state got, got good rain yesterday. There's moisture in the ground. The ground is actually warm because we had several fairly nice days. So there's a lot of radiated heat from the ground. Uh, you know, upper 20s, not going to hurt most, most plants, really not. All these daffodils I got right here, and uh, I pruned my fig the other day. I've got new pansies. I'm not covering anything up because it made it through 9 degrees. So uh, the main thing is, if you have something that's really special, an azalea right by your front door, and the garden club's coming over next week, cover it up. But other than that, folks, this is normal. This is normal. If you want lists of really good plants that do well in the winter, go to my blog, blog, and email me. I've got a list of plants that love it in the winter in the south. And it doesn't work in our friends in Illinois, just in the South. I'm Horticulture's fellow Russia. Me and Java Chapman, we're rocking and rolling again. Java's got a sharp-looking coat on. He and his wife are headed at, uh, doing a, a, a grown-up night out. Folks, ride around town. See who's got what. See what you want to put in your yard next year. we got lots and lots and lots to be thankful for right now. Don't have to wait till spring. If you get a chance, take a kid with you to a garden center. Find something pretty to put in a pot. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Yeah.